about you, but, you know, the last two weeks, Ben and Rob, they've talked about sharing your faith. And when things are going well, and when you're really excited about church and God, and when you're just generally excited, that's okay, and that's sometimes hard, but sometimes easier. But sharing your faith in tough times, how do we do that? And I don't know about you, but these last few years have been pretty tough. Regardless of what's gone on in your life individually, in our world, these last few years have been tough. We've spent two years going through a pandemic that's still not finished. And now, as Paul's prayed, we've got war in Europe. Things that we probably thought we would never say in our lifetime. Things that possibly scare us as individuals. You know, if you're struggling with your mental health, these things don't help. But I don't know whether I should even be saying anything this morning. I think we should just play that video again of that pastor from Ukraine. Because that says it all. That she's glad and rejoicing and thankful that God has entrusted her to share the good news during the difficult days in Ukraine. And we don't really understand that because we're not there. But we feel the sense of it. We feel the, the fear that creeps across and unsettles us. You know, you may have just been like, I haven't even got my, lifting myself up from COVID and then something else comes. I saw someone put on Facebook the other day, they didn't realise that their lives would be part of, you know, history books in the future. I think it was someone in this church. And I thought, wow, yeah, this is history. And if this is history, then we can be part of that. But part of that for the good. Now, you may be sitting in here or listening online this morning, and you may be a Christian. You may be sitting in here or listening online, and you may be like, well, I don't know what I believe. I've, someone's dragged me along, or I've just clicked a button, and I've ended up here. I'm not quite sure how I got on it, but I'm watching you. This morning, I want to say to you that the good news of Jesus, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, that he forgives your sins, that he wants to make a way for you for eternal life, the good news of Jesus is here for you today. Whether you've made that decision and that step yet or not, Jesus wants to reinforce to you the good news that he can bring in tough days. You know, when days are tough, good news is dulled down, is it not? You know, when, when there are difficult things on the news or maybe there's difficult things going on in your life personally, when you hear some good news, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. It just feels overshadowed. You know, it's got to be really extraordinary. It's got to be something of serious significance when we're going through a tough time for us to actually respond to that good news, that extraordinary news, is it not? And I think the issue that we face is we forget how good the good news Jesus is. When our daughter Grace was eight years old, she had major surgery at Birmingham Children's Hospital. Many of you heard me talk about this before. And 
The surgery was successful and went well. But we had some issues following the surgery because of they'd put a coil in to help with pain and it didn't work. So they then gave a ketamine. Yes, the horse drug, which then made her hallucinate. So she had a number of issues following the surgery. Although the surgery in itself was successful, there were tough days that followed. There were tough nights that followed. And, you know, for those of you who know Grace, she's a very happy girl. She has lots of smile and she brings lots of joy to the room when she's there. And she didn't smile once until a pat dog turned up. Now, if you don't know what one of them is, it's basically a dog that's done some special training and they're allowed to go into schools and into hospitals so people can pet them and feel better. Our dog would not be able to do this (laughs) as she is very badly behaved. But Grace smiled. It was only a little tiny smile, but she smiled. But then, I don't know whether it was the following day or later that day, Grace's surgery had been performed by Miss Ong. But Miss Ong was under the surgeon, Mr. Sharif. Now, Mr. Sharif had been the doctor who'd seen to Grace when we went to Birmingham originally, when she was ill, when we'd been transported there by ambulance and all this stuff had gone on. Mr. Sharif was the man. Mr. Sharif was the man who made Grace feel safe during those difficult days. She trusted him implicitly. And she hadn't seen him since before the surgery. All of a sudden, this man comes walking across the high dependency unit and the smile on this girl's face could have lit up the room because she trusted him, because she believed what he said, because when he was there, she felt safe. I want to tell you this morning, there is one that can walk into the room of our lives on tough days that can bring a smile to our face, that can make us feel safe, that we can trust. And his name is not Mr. Sharif, no matter how wonderful he was. His name is Jesus. And he wants to walk into your tough days and let you know that there is hope, there is someone that you can trust in, and there is someone that can bring a smile to your face when all you want to do is cry and run away. These are the lessons I learned from an eight-year-old child. You know, like I say, as church, we have some extraordinary good news. It's good news that goes above and beyond those difficult days. Yet so often we forget about it. So often we let the difficult times become bigger than who Jesus is in our lives. We let the difficult times become bolder than the promises that God has given us. We let the difficult times overshadow when the light of the world wants to shine in and through our circumstances. So how do we stop that? How do we change what we see? And I believe the answer is, Holy Spirit, help us to see who Jesus is in this situation. Holy Spirit, I don't know who God is or you are or if Jesus is real, but if you are real, show yourself to me in these tough days. You know, the Bible is full of people of sharing their faith, of sharing that good news in difficult days. Paul, when he was on trial, shared about the good news of Jesus to Felix. 
Stephen, while he was being stoned, shared about the good news of Jesus. Joseph, when he was in prison and when he was before Pharaoh, talked about the good news of Jesus. When Pharaoh actually said, you can help me, he said, I can't help you. Genesis 41, 16, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Today, there is a God who can tell you what all of this means, everything you're fearful of, everything you're confused about, everything that you're wondering about. There is a God who can tell you what it all means and not just tell you about it, set you at ease. You know, in Genesis, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree, realized they were naked, stepped away from God and what he was calling them to do, and hid from him. It talks about God walking in the garden. You know, God was the very first evangelist. God was the very first person who reached into the world and said, there is good news in your dark days. There is good news in your mess. There is good news in your fear. There is good news with the things that you're trying to cover up. There is good news and there is hope. And God is calling us to go and share that good news. To go and let people know there is hope in your dark day. But if we don't realise it first ourselves, then it's really difficult to share the good news of Jesus in tough times. And I believe there's a tension there. There's that tension between, well, yeah, I know I should share that God is good and I should do that. But actually, I find it really hard because I'm freaking out. And I'm having a really difficult time. And I'm overwhelmed. And I'm insecure. And I can't cope. So I can't share the good news because I'm just too busy freaking out about everything that's going on around me and in my world and in the wider world. So how do we, how do we deal with that tension? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 18. It says, we have this light shining in our hearts. Yes. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. Anyone feel like a fragile clay jar some days? Yeah, me too. This makes it clear that our great power is from God. And I read that again. This makes it clear, let it be clear, that our great power is from God. It's not in your strength, it's not in your feelings, it's not in your mess, it's, for, it's through God. Not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles. Anyone feel like that? But we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down like sinking I get knocked down but what are we going to do I'm going to get up again but we're not destroyed sorry I won't fill a volunteer form in for the band 
Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God and so I spoke. I know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits bring renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever you know Paul when he's writing that to the Corinthians he's having a bit of a tough time you can read other letters that Paul writes and he's shipwrecked and he's beaten and all these different things that happen he has a tough time but he continues to share the good news of Jesus in and through his tough times in and through the tough world that he lives in and you think wow what an amazing man he was Yet you read some of the things that he wrote and realize actually he's no different than you and I. The difference was Christ in him. The difference was the Holy Spirit giving him hope. And that's why it's so important that we speak to God and say, God, fill me afresh with your spirit. God, allow me to see with your eyes, not with my own. God, come and fill me so I'm brave for the circumstances that I live in. Let me see it through your eyes, not through the fear in my own. I think there are a couple of issues that we have that stop us sharing that good news in difficult times. The first one is this, disappointed versus appointed. Now, unfortunately, these aren't opposites. They used to be, so let me take you where we're going. So appointed used to be the opposite of disappointed. But the meaning of disappointed has changed over time. Stick with me, I'm getting somewhere. So the old French word, appointer, means to give a person a a place or a specific role, yeah? Which is still true today. If you're appointed into a role, then that's who you are, that's what you do. The old French disappointer used to mean removing that person from that role. But the meaning of disappointed has changed over time where it becomes more of, well, you know, I'm unhappy that someone or something has lived not, not lived up to what I thought or my expectations. We're disappointed by life, by people, by circumstances, whatever it is. And instead of the word disappointed, the word that is in place is now sacked or fired, which now becomes the opposite of appointed. But even though that is the case, I still think this is an issue that we face. Jesus appoints us, he appoints us as heirs, 
He appoints us as children of his promise. He appoints us as a child of God. He appoints us as his. And yet, we get disappointed. We're disappointed because of life and circumstances and people and our prayers weren't answered and this, that and whatever else and why didn't things work out how I hoped it would and, you know, God says all these promises in the Bible and then some of them haven't worked out for me and I feel quite depressed about it and I feel quite disappointed and I've had enough. And then so what happens is we actually, in the old French version, disappoint ourselves and we're no longer appointed as a child of God and victorious and an overcomer. We disappoint ourselves and we think, oh, God doesn't really love me. The promises don't work for me. And so because we have this attitude and this mindset that, well, I'm, I'm a disappointer, I'm not appointed, this mindset changes how we communicate We communicate with negativity, we communicate with fear, we communicate with disappointment in the new sense where we're just like, but God wants to show us that even when we are disappointed in the new sense, when things don't go well, when things are difficult, when we have tough times, that actually we are not disappointed from where he has appointed us to. So even though things go wrong, even though we don't see answers to prayers at times, even though we think, where is God in this? Even though our faith is challenged by circumstances and things that happen, God still has appointed us as his sons and his daughters, as promised livers, as overcomers. And if we can understand that, then we can continue to share that good news in our tough days. I love the example of Jesus in Matthew 14. You can go away and read it. Jesus is out there ministering and doing his thing and then he suddenly gets news that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been killed. Now, let's just come away from woo Jesus and just think, just on a personal level, if you got news that your cousin had been beheaded, just because there's little ones in the room, then you'd, you'd, you're going to be struggling, aren't you, really? You're going to be upset, you're going to be hurt, you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be like, whoa, a bit all over the place at the minute. Are you not? So Jesus hears this news and it says he tries to withdraw. So he tries to go and get some personal time, some space, get his head back together, sort himself out. As people generally would. But as he tries to withdraw, the crowd follows him. And as the crowd follows him, he has compassion on them. And it is at this point, at this point where Jesus' cousin has just been murdered, at this point where Jesus was trying to get away from it all, the fact that he's trying to get away from it all suggests to me he needed some space. He needed God. What's going on with this? Jesus, this is, this is hard. Do you know what I mean? At this point, he feeds the 5,000. Wow. Then when he's fed the 5,000, he withdraws. Because he knows he needs some space. He knows the circumstances that have been going on, he needs some God time. 
He needs God to refresh him, to restore him, to give him peace, to help him to process and understand what's going on, to remind him who he is appointed to, regardless of the disappointment that's coming at him. If we can understand that when we feel disappointed with life and with people and with church, and come on, let's be honest, with God, that that does not stop us being appointed by him, that we can learn from Jesus' lesson and take some time away to be healed and restored in the process of the mess, but that actually we are still appointed to share that good news. We are still appointed to feed those who are hungry. We are still appointed to share the wealth of who God is with people in those tough times. I believe if we can get our heads around that, then we're one step closer to sharing the good news on tough days. The other thing I think that it can be a real issue for us is this. Fake versus a sacrifice of praise. For those of you in the room who would say, yes, I am a Christian, have there been times where you feel like a complete fake Christian? Maybe just me then. Some of you are saying yes. So again, as many of you may have known, my mum passed away during COVID. She'd had cancer. And she got sicker and sicker during COVID. We used to go and wave to her through the window because we weren't allowed in. And it was a really, really tough time. And obviously, for, for us leading the church... It was so important that we pulled everyone together, that we were looking after people, that people felt that they were loved and supported during that difficult time. And then all of a sudden, I hit my own personal, and us as a family hit our own personal time of serious crisis. And it's tough because you sort of, you know, we prayed with faith, we believed she was going to, you know, be healed, and then you're like, okay, so... And then you have these wonderful people who sort of judge you and sort of think, oh, your face not good enough because your mum died. So you're sort of working your way through all this in the process of trying to pull everyone together and look after everyone in, in that. And it was tough. And it's still tough some days. Some days it comes like a torrent. And other days, I'm pretty okay. And I'm sure many of you can identify with that who've lost people. You know... But the biggest difficulty I've found through it all, while we've been online and then when we've come back in the building, was some days I'm sad, some days I'm overwhelmed, some days I'm frustrated and like, God, why did this happen like this? Why did, why did, why? And you think to yourself, I just feel like a complete fake and stand on the stage and say to everyone, God loves you. And I'm like trying to work through all this going on behind the scenes. And then I'm just like, I'm such a fake Christian. And then God spoke to me. And he didn't say to me, you're not a fake Christian, Sarah, because I'm far from perfect and I'm sure some days I am. But what he said to me is this, Sarah, it's a sacrifice of praise. And you have to draw the line between where am I being fake in that I'm not being honest and I'm just pretending everything's okay, God is wonderful, life is wonderful, everything's fantastic, it doesn't matter what's going on around me, the world is blowing up, but God is wonderful. 
you should join the band. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I forgot what I was saying now because I sang. But instead of it being fake, actually, it's a sacrifice of praise. It is a sacrifice to me to praise you today, God, because I am grieving. It is a sacrifice for me to praise you today, God, because actually I'm really cross because my mum's died. It is a sacrifice for me to praise you, God, because, oh, it just hurts and I'm frustrated and I don't understand. But there is a difference. And when we understand the difference between being fake and it being a sacrifice of praise, then all of a sudden we're like, I can actually praise God in and through this because he is still good regardless of what happens. He is still good even though I don't understand. He is still good even though I'm hurting. He is still good. So what do we do? How do we know what the difference is? Because it's dead easy to be fake and say, actually, it's a sacrifice of praise. I'm fake, really, though. So we can use it as an excuse sometimes. But it's about your heart. What's going on in your heart? Is it a journey and a relationship with God? Or are you trying to hide the fact that there's not one there? Are you praising God because he's good in those difficult times? Or are you putting a show on for other people? Ultimately, it's about me, about you. And God, or ultimately, is about me and what other people think of me. And that's how we know the difference. And I really believe that if we can find where we're at in the disappointment and being appointed, if we can find where we're at when we feel fake and we're offering a sacrifice of praise, then actually there is so, so much good news that we can share in and through our tough days. So, how do we actually share our faith in difficult times? I believe there are three things that I'm going to run through really quickly. The first one is this, guard your heart. When you're going through tough days, this is when things get in. This is when things get in. This is when doubt and fear and unbelief and wondering, is God really good and what does God really think and why does God allow these things to happen? This is when this stuff gets in. But we need to remind ourselves, God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. It's so easy to begin to see God through the lens of our suffering rather than through who he is and what he has done. Guard your heart. When times are tough, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows through it. If you want to share the good news, guard your heart, because it will flow from that place. Guard your heart. The next thing I believe helps us to share our faith in difficult times, get a faith boost. We all need a boost at times, don't we? I'm not talking about the chocolate bar. We all need to know that we're loved, that we're good at a job, that we're a good mom or dad or or child or whatever. We all need to have a boost so we feel good and it gives us some energy because we're like, woohoo, 
We need that. You know, I remember when Paul and I first met and we first started going out and when we were first married and both of us had had really tough relationships in the past where we'd been damaged by other people. And so we were quite fragile still. And, you know, as, as we journeyed together in our relationship, some of those things still needed healing. And it was difficult. And, you know, just as an aside, sometimes when you find it difficult in relationships, sometimes it's so easy to sort of get you back up. No, I'm moving. That's your problem. Where actually God calls us to, okay, well, if you struggle with that, how can I help? Where instead we try and, it's like we don't want to give of ourselves. But just considering your relationships, instead of getting your back up, how can I actually help? Okay, well, if me, why won't you let me, if me doing that doesn't help you, I won't do it for a season. And I'm not talking about controlling relationships. That's a whole other issue. Please hear me right. But there are times sometimes where we need to be gentle and kind to each other to help each other through our difficulties. And one of the things Paul and I used to do was we'd be like, right, 10 things you like about me. I don't think Paul got to 10 sometimes. I'm not particularly likable. But we used to play, didn't we? We should do it. We haven't done it for ages, have we? 10 things you like about me. And then we're like, they can be physical or they can be personal. And do you know what? What? Did you? Where'd you put that? But do you know what? It's those things that help you in those difficult days. When you need a boost, you need somebody to bring you a boost and encourage you. Can I encourage you? Give each other a faith faith boost. Testimonies are key. Share those things in your small groups, in your teams, with people that you meet. Share things that have done you good. Share things that have helped you and encouraged you. Remember those things that God has already done in your life and allow those things to give you a boost. John eleven thirty eight to 44. Jesus, he ain't having a good time, is he, at the minute? His best friend, Lazarus, has died. So he goes to see the family. Lazarus has already been buried. And it says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, Did I not tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. There are circumstances in our lives that bound us and trap us up, that limit our faith, that stop us believing. Those troubled times, those things that come to us, they bind us and they lock us away. 
But Jesus wants to call you out this morning. He wants to call you out from a place of unbelief. He wants to call you out from a place of doubt. He wants to call you out from a place of fear. He wants to call you out from all of your anxiety. He wants to call you out from all of your troubles that have bound you and locked you away. And he wants to say, come forth. And as you come forth, he wants the body of Christ to help set you free. Jesus is calling you this morning. You may know him or you may not. But there is no, the, the, the reason you are listening to this today, whether you're in the building or online, is because Jesus wants you to know that he wants to set you free from the things that are binding you and the things that are holding you. Get a faith boost. Allow Jesus to breathe new life into you today. And the last thing I want to say to you is that we're grafted together for good. You know, good and bad can grow up together to make good. There are certain things that have happened on the journey of my life, and I'm sure many of you can say the same. And I look back on them, and I wouldn't wish it on another person, because it was that horrendous. It was that heart-wrenching. It was that difficult. I'm sure many of you can think of circumstances in your life, can you not, that you would say the same of. And it doesn't matter that it's not as bad as someone else's, but for you... That was a heart wrencher. That was a difficult thing. That was really hard. And so at this point, when you look back, you think, actually, I can see how that shaped me and molded me. I can see how that's brought good. I can see where good has come from that in my life. I can see now where I am stronger. I can see now where I appreciate things more. I can see now many of these things. And actually, I'm glad it happened because I am who I am today because of it. But I wouldn't wish it on the world. Do you you understand what I'm saying? And so good and bad can be grafted together for good. Romans 8, 28. And now we know that God causes everything everything not just the good stuff not just the god stuff everything all the muck and the mess and the and everything else god works it together he puts it together the good and the bad together for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose for them you know we've got to look at the bigger picture We've got to learn to trust God in those difficult times. We've got to begin to see where he's working in those tough times. And as we stand and we pray over COVID and over Ukraine and over personal situations that we face, that we know that God is in there, in the midst of it, working for good, bringing and drawing the good out. And you know, it's tough Because when you don't get your miracle, how do you share your faith? When things all go wrong, when you don't get that promotion, when your relationships fall apart, when somebody dies, how do you share your faith? How do you? The answer is, I don't know why these things happen sometimes, but what I do know is God is good. I don't know why this happened, but God was actually my hope through it and he kept me going. I don't know why sickness goes on and I struggle on a daily basis, but God is with me and he is for me and I can keep going. 
And that is the answer, that Jesus is with us and that by his spirit, there is love, there is forgiveness and there is hope in our tough days. And when that flows in and through us and from us, that is the good news of Jesus. That is how you share your faith on difficult days. Not by being, whoa, whoa, I don't know what to do. But actually by saying, yeah, this is tough, but I'm grateful that God's with me. Yeah, this is difficult, but I'm so glad of his peace in these circumstances. Yeah, I I find it hard on a daily basis, but I know I'm not alone. And that is how we share that good news on difficult days. If the band would like to join me. I just want to pray for three things for you this morning. I want to pray for those of you having tough times. That you'd be strengthened. And that God would help you to offer that sacrifice of praise. I want to pray for those of you who are disappointed. That that disappointment would be broken over your life. And I want to pray for all of us. That we would have a revelation of how good the good news of Jesus really is. And the difference that it makes. So come on, let's stand. You know, and if one of those things has particularly hit you today. That you're having a tough time. That you've been disappointed and it has crushed you and locked you away for years. Or that you just want to know some more of what that good news means. Then just let's raise our hands and I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask. Holy Spirit, come. God, just like Joseph says, I don't have the answers. But God, you do. You have the answers for people in their tough days. You have the answers for those who are disappointed and confused. And you have the hope that we need in tough days to share that good news. So Holy Spirit, come. Come and minister to people. God, and I just pray specifically for those who are having a tough time. God, we pray your peace. God, we pray your healing. God, we pray your hope. God, we pray a breaking away of all the works of the enemy over their lives. God, we pray that they would see with your eyes and not through their suffering. God, I pray for those who've been disappointed and it has knocked them off who they are in you. God, I pray against that disappointment. God, I pray that you would appoint them again as your son and your daughter. God, that they would be released like Lazarus was. That they would be unbound. God, and that they would come forth into all that you have for them. Into all of your promises. And let it be yes and amen over their lives, God. God, and I pray this morning by your spirit. God, as we sing this next song now. Holy Spirit, would you come And fall on us that we may know the extraordinary, the extravagant, the overwhelming goodness of your good news. Birth it in us again, God. The hope of your glory. The hope of salvation that we have in you. Come Holy Spirit.